welcome back to episode two of WTF and Zana Deal with Spicy and uh, the Fox Danger. Uh, this time we're uh, gonna think make things a little more regimented here, so we're not rambling on like uh, two guys in a pub or something, because you know there's actual topics to talk about. So, oh no way, no, no, nothing important. I mean, Egypt was just banned, so there's not really anything to talk about. Nothing special. Yeah, there's a uh, there's definitely uh, a lot of wildfire going on about that. Like in game, I haven't seen too many shouts about it, but uh, uh, you said that you experienced <laughs> quite a bit of craziness going on in this chat, right? Oh god, I I was uh I got home from work and then uh, I got Karen came in and said, uh, Ejin got banned. He's crying on stream. You know, XXY said this. Uh, you got to go watch. And I'm like, ah, give me a second. Hold on. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The uh the title wasn't promising either. Uh, you know. Uh SE bans their only partner from Final Fantasy Eleven or whatever. Uh, if anyone from SE sees this, please help. Oh man. Yeah, I I mean when you do it to yourself, it is hard to uh to feel bad about it. Like uh when you use those tools, that is the risk you run. And um, you know, it's there's a there's a huge difference between using, you know, vanilla gear swap and you know, just general things like that. And then, you know, making your characters play for you. And I think uh, people need to start stepping away from that secondary and start moving back towards, you know, playing this game manually. They're not going to because it ruins a lot of things like uh, murking or money scheming or anything else they want to do. Uh, you know, if you can be your whole party or you can be your link show and you can murk things, entire runs of Dynamis or, you know, sell anything you want. It, it it's very enticing to uh, take all the profits and cut out the extra people you split it with, and that's what a lot of people are basing the game on now, for whatever reason. Because I guess it's fun. Yeah, I guess you just have to look at the risk versus reward. And I don't think people understand um, the add-ons when they come to the game. They just see, oh, if I have this thing, gear swap and put my gear in. That's it. And gear swap's not bad. That's I mean, we're not going to go in that route. Gear swap's very detectable, but it's not. No one's getting banned from gear swap as far as I've ever heard or seen. It's like no one gets banned for windower. It's every other gray step you pass, and the farther you blur that line, and the more you push the envelope, it gets people banned. You know, I'm a stickler for you know, accurate information, and one of the things that I've always felt was like gray that has left my mouth is when I uh, bring up that uh, that rumor that. Sometimes the dev team had pointed at windowware to fix some things that go on. So like it kind of justifies me telling someone that gear swap is okay, as opposed to, you know, where do I draw that line with, you know, full on automation. Uh, do you know if there's anything that's actually true about the developers pointing at windowware? Uh, affirmatively, no, because the SE would never leave that trail. But from what I've gathered and understood, not that I really put my nose to the ground and sniff around or anything, but I think when it comes to sites like auction house, and Windower itself, there's a unspoken, somewhat hey, kind of spoken, don't screw around too much and you're okay, understanding that's there. Uh, they, you know, they understand in its essence that Auction House is not a bad thing and it benefits their operation. They're not going to clamp down on it. But if Auction House was going past what it does and was actively encouraging exploits on the site or doing extra things in the game that was beyond uh, you know, what's on the auction house, what's selling, talking about the game, then yeah, if they pushed it too far, then Essie would come down. Because we've seen Essie come down before. They haven't come down in a while, but we see them come down on things like uh, the old uh, NASA bots and stuff where they send cease and desist and clamp down and shut down those operations. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I just I just wonder if 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 anyone actually like has where that rumor had actually started. Like I didn't expect you to really have an answer the same way that I didn't have one. But um, you hear a lot of that going around, and I guess that's where people can't really gauge what they can do with these third party tools and how far they should you should actually go. When Rooks went on the new Dylan podcast, which is the first time I ever actually wanted to watch, uh, nothing against them. I just tidbits here and there I saw, I just wasn't interested. And then when I saw Rooks went on, I listened. And I can't quote it verbatim, but there was something Rooks was saying, which is what I based that off of what I just said, about that they have a bit of a, you know, understanding that, you know, hey, we know know you're there. We know what goes on and, uh, you know, keep quiet, we keep quiet kind of thing. Yeah, I got you. And I mean, if if it can't be detected without you basically telling on yourself, and kind of what we were talking about, then it stands to reason that you're not actually hurting anything at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's something wrong with the auction house. It's not hurting anything, but they know that you know SE kind of keeps an eye out. That's it's been a long time, but if you remember back to the what the '75 era when SE actually had like those sites that they were uh, officially sponsored and like gold tier sites like Wikipedia and. And I think Alakazam was on there as like a gold tiered site. And like they ranked a couple of them. They were like, oh man. Yeah. You remember that? It was, it was a long time ago on Play Online. I, I don't remember that, but but I do remember the sites. So yeah. I, I didn't know that they were like officially sanctioned or whatever. The page might be there. They were like officially approved sites by Square Enix. And it was back, I think, at like maybe around the server merge time in 2010 or nine, you know, uh, maybe that's the last time that I ever heard they ever add anything to it. But they were like, they actually had sites they went out, Wikipedia, and said, yeah, we approve of this site as a whole. Oh, man. Well, one one thing about uh, about all that stuff and, and like how it works is uh, I, I didn't actually know that people actually botted the auction house um, outside of XIH. Like, obviously, they have to do that to uh, to keep up with um, uh, the, the packets that like tell you what is bought and sold, right? That's my understanding of it. Yeah, um, so that would be bitter. Which, uh, you know, anyone who uses the Konami code in Windower can access because I'm sure if you type it into Google, you'll find it. That's it. Um, which is going to go along with the series of tools here that are very detectable. Because what happens to my understanding, not that I think it's well documented or, or, or put out there, is that SE logs all of the activity you do, uh, whether it's your position, what's in your chat log, what dropped. Uh, things like that. So, for example, when you run to the zone line too fast, as people using Clipper, Cupper, uh, yep. Cacao, anything, no, you wouldn't be able to zone because you had passed the normal speed and the, the, there was a check against that and it would log it. And sometimes you would get in trouble for it and banned and sometimes it just gets logged. But those things get logged and logs aren't very big. SE keeps a log and it, it, it's to their benefit to do that. So when you call the GM and they say, what time did this happen? If you're like me and, you know, oh, here's another thing that every time you talk to the, uh, the Moogle to get your kills, your NPC chat frequency things defeated, that's because they're just sending the log they have on you back to you for that specific information. They log that just like they <laughs> log, you know. So as I was saying, if you're like me and call the GN 89 times over your career, I don't remember how it got that high, but it has been, what, 14 years. So if you're like that, they have your, your position. Uh, at what time in the game. So when you call the GM and they say what time this uh, harassment happened or uh, what item did you drop, they can search your logs for the item and uh, or your quest progress and stuff like that, and they know that. So, 
Wow. That's just, uh, I, I, I knew that it had been going on because I did, like, like I guess in the last podcast, uh, I, I did the H&M scene uh, back in the day. So I knew about people getting pinched for moving too fast through, uh, through uh, Boyata Tree, getting the Dragon's Airy. Like, that happened a lot. But um, I, I didn't know that uh, they really still kept any records. I can only imagine the manpower required to, to read through all that, even with a diminished player base. Mm, to store them is no effort, and it doesn't take up much space. Uh, how long they store them, at what extent, not only, only SE knows that. But it doesn't take much to find something in a log, a timestamp. Uh, certain things can get flagged automatically. Uh, so, for instance here, uh, Ejin thinks that uh, he got banned because of he doesn't know why he wants Essie to tell him he gets special treatment. Uh, and he goes, it must be because I was streaming and someone from Essie saw me, or I'm getting reported by all these people because I'm I'm very special and people want to report me. They join the club. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's because everything he's using, if you, if you go back to his video uh, about the, I think it was a year or so ago, uh, I only looked for it after he got banned. I, I don't. I've never actually really watched one of his videos because of reasons. But uh, he goes, "It's the best windowers for Final Fantasy uh, Windower Four and Final Fantasy Eleven." And it starts off in something that won't age very well. Of you know, use these at your own risk. <laughs> so does it really? Yes, the very start of it was. I, I just started laughing because it goes, you know, as always, use these at your own risk. And uh, so. Things we know he was using were like NPC Interact because he had to. And for those who don't know what NPC Interact is, that uh, that sends commands to all your alts you're running with you to talk to the NPC at the same time, all together at the same time. So there you go. All the people in your party that you're always with are sending the packet all at the same time. You know, that's NPC Interact. Uh, you know, things like Anchor, which we know he was using, uh, you know, that keeps you from getting knocked back and you know that sends logs if you know se assumes that you're going to have packets dropped every now and then uh for getting knocked back to positions or whatnot but if you're constantly uh doing that then they're going to know you're, you're you're cheating for example uh i didn't witness it but i was told uh, it was mer and claire that told me that he had fought errands with uh, uh anchor on it wasn't getting knocked back by the wind and that has to be the wow. dumbest the dumbest thing to ever do. Yeah, because I, I okay, so yes, I, I'm part of that link shell um, that uh, that he had referenced, and um, it, we we don't do anything that that we call quote unquote cheating, right? So I use Gear Swap. I'm a huge Gear Swap aficionado. You can use you can do a lot of really cool things with it that aren't actually botting, and they can really improve the way you play the game, uh, streamline a lot of operations. Uh, but when you I've had people argue with me about Anchor and whether or not that's cheating. And with Anchor, you are directly invalidating a game mechanic. Yeah. Like, and, like that, that knockback is there to knock you back. Like, if you, if you are using something to keep your position where it is, then you are actively cheating. Like, there shouldn't even be an argument about that. See, I stopped using Bitter, which is one of the only the... I mean, outside of gear swap, I don't have, I don't use JA0. I've never used Anchor because I kind of found it insulting that you'd want to play the game and, and what you can't handle being knocked back. What, what is this? You, you, <laughs> you can't handle a simple mechanic. Adjust your strategy or, or go home. I mean, what is that? But, uh, right. you know, I stopped using Bitter after that because I talked to Rooks about it. Uh, Papa Rooks, as I call him. Oh, Papa Rooks. 
about Bitter specifically because of anything, I knew he was probably the guy I could ask about it. And he talked to me about it and then went and posted in the thread about the, the Egen banning thread about Bitter. And he says if he can see all the duplicate entries that Bitter causes, uh, then there's no way Essie doesn't see at least that or more. Yeah. Yeah, that and that makes complete sense. So I, I guess I guess my next question with that is isn't really like on the Egen topic, but how how RMT can get away with using that as freely as it does. They don't. We don't see. See, everyone gets confused because they see what's on the surface. They see, oh, this guy's still botting this area. This guy's still doing this. Yeah, that's true. You have the bot running around. He's annoying, but he's in your face. You don't see everything else that's happening in the game. Uh, you know, there's a lot of accounts that get suspended. And yeah, SE could be a lot more heavy-handed. They could turn the auto-banning back on like they had in the past. Uh, they could turn it back into Salvage Bands 2.0 where people were hopping between floors and uh, getting more Alex infinitely for the rest of the run on the last boss. But they don't want to be heavy-handed. Everyone goes on about, oh, they're going to lose money if they ban this or that. Look, they're balancing it out, and they're working on a combination of, okay, we're going to ban some of the most flagrant people. I mean, those bots that run and get cards all day and interrupt your Eshuchians, they're not there forever. Uh, you know, they work on banning some of the most obnoxious ones. And yeah, it may not be as fast as you like. I mean, SE is not the fastest entity and they don't have a whole division there to make our lives better by removing asshats that are botting because they're just jacked offs. So they don't, they're never going to do it as fast as everyone wants. Um, right. But then at the same time, uh, you know, people just don't put two and two together about that. Yeah, I suppose uh, a lot of people are usually down on SE, and and I'm one in particular. Like when it comes to like updates and, and you know job related things, uh, but I, I'm one of those people who thinks that you know maybe they can do a little bit more for the game itself mechanically. Um, but I, I see a lot of people who are usually down on SE, like you know why aren't they dealing with with all the RMT and things like that? And and a lot of times it ends up in kind of like a malicious way where where they wonder if SE even cares. And I can tell you that from a business standpoint, with this game being successful as it has been over, over the years, uh, there is every business reason for them to want us to succeed as players in this game. They just want to create a level playing field so that everyone can enjoy this game evenly. And I lost my train of thought as why I just said put two and two together. But where I was getting with that was they don't see that on the surface. And then SE publicly just said recently in one of the uh, recent Vanadeal, what is that digest thing they do? I think it was 46 or something because I've been looking for it for the 1 to 119 guide. I cited it there uh, that they said they want to change the game in a way that the RMT can't abuse, for instance, Sparks, which, yes, took seven years to fix, but they wanted to change the game in a way that won't directly piss off players. Like, Sparks was a real way of fixing a lot of problems with RMT, and then players in general flooding Gillen, but it was obviously more targeted, the RMT constantly flooding the market with Gill because, you know, yeah, players are benefiting, but the RMT are going beyond overboard. And that was a one example of a direct step they had to take and they didn't want to take because they don't want to impact players as much. They want to get the RMT, but they have to change the game in a way that doesn't, you know, directly disenfranchise players and, and discourage them from playing. Right. And, and I'm not even uh, like an econ major or anything like that, but with some reasonable thought, um, 
getting rid of something that you can infinitely uh, put assets into, the, or, or not assets, but, but currency into the game for, like getting rid of that without an outlet that appropriately takes as much out at the same time um, is probably the best move because otherwise you get an influx of currency and then all of a sudden Gil isn't worth anything. And I know that uh, up to the sparks being uh, capped, a lot of people were complaining about, about the uh, the prices and how like basically Gil wasn't worth any actual Gil. Like, it wasn't worth anything. And it should be, because that is part of game balance. It's not all about jobs and content. The economy and getting items, which is one of the core aspects of the game, needs to be balanced, and that's, you know, was overdue, but I don't know why it took them so long, but uh, they did it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they did it back in Abyssia when you could get the, um, uh, was that the Perlay sets and uh, no, and all that? No, you're thinking of Chocobo Blinkers. Oh, am I? Yes, Chocobo Blinkers. Yeah, I remember that they, they ended up limiting an item. It was a long time ago, but they ended up limiting the ability to NPC items. Um, and that the, you're, that's probably it. That's probably what you're talking about. If you want to drop the nostalgia bomb here, we can go back to uh, the Cherry Muffin exploit where they had to nerf Cherry Muffins or all the way back to Rusty Caps or to uh, the Beastman Blood, Buggered Highs, Leech Saliva, uh, those items, Wisteria Lumber. Imagine sitting down without a team and actually balancing out all of these things with all of these different values that you could sell to all these different NPCs. And, and like the NPCs will also have like a different rate that they'll buy it from you too. Like imagine sitting down and actually having to tweak the system. Like that, that would be insane. There's another thing when you bring it up. That's actually a very good point. Uh, the devs get paid to go to work and work on this game and, and try to scrape things together and plan things out. They don't sit down and I would imagine, I can't say they don't, they don't sit down and play the game like we play the game. They don't know all these things like, like people and players know them. I suppose, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I've never actually heard anything from that. Like They, they do talk a lot as, as though to make you believe they play the game, but I can't imagine they have a lot of time to do so. And like with some of the things that they've left on these jobs unchecked, uh, I, I don't know, you know if, they, if they really do or if they just take it all from feedback or what. And I think, you know, we spent enough time on the whole thing there. It's a great topic, and we could talk a lot about it. But uh, that wasn't what we planned on Episode 2 being about, which is what we're going to get into now. I mean, do you want to start off with uh, what jobs you play? And I'll say what jobs I play, because that'll set the framework for how I have no place in this next conversation. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, there's uh, a lot more uh, nerd-exciting things that we actually had planned on uh, covering. Uh, so as far as what jobs I play, um, like someone that we both know uh i'm gonna say that i do play all of them uh i don't do warrior <laughs> but uh i actually do have uh all jobs geared in a way that can contribute to endgame um some more than others and uh when i do group content for the ls because i am one of the the link show leaders of lo lock style um i have to put the group together sometimes or i'll like help like Murr or Claire put the group together to make sure we have like the right balance of buffs and debuffs and a lot of the time i'll actually either play white mage I'll be on some variety of tank, or I will be on uh, Geomancer. And when I'm not on Geomancer, uh, or one of those other jobs, um, I will actually be on more of a specialist role, depending on the content that we're attacking. Uh, so I kind of want to talk about some of the jobs that get you know off to the wayside there, and um, and get kind of get overlooked that actually end up being you know more of a specialist role. Uh, but uh, again, to make sure that we have the right framework and everything, uh, what, what do you run, Spicy? Well, uh, when I wrote Out of the Blue version 1 in, what was that, 2016, 
14, 15, 16, something like 16. Let's say 16. Uh, at that time in the game, I only played Blue Mage. Uh, I, and the last time we talked about it, I started off with Pup was my first 70, but this and that. But they got to a certain point when the cap went up after Abyssia that I only played Blue Mage, and that caused uh, a lot of problems getting into content. Because that was a time when Monk and everything was big, but I'm not going to digress. Um, and, now, and nowadays, I just geared my Thief up to an acceptable level within the past month, which was my second 75. Uh, but until then, for the past few years, I've been playing Blue, Rune, and Dragoon. Those are the only three. Now I have Thief on top of that. Yeah. And you, you mentioned it can be kind of difficult to get into groups. And uh, one of the things that I usually tell people that uh, you, you generally want to like level the holy trinity of jobs. So you want like a healer, a support, a tank, and a DD, which is you know four, even though I said trinity. But um, generally, the trinity with a little on top. Yeah, it's got that extra flavor, right? A little bit. Of uh, so, so have, have you ever actually run into trouble that way? Um, just real quick before we get into the stuff, like not having you know every type of role available. <laughs> that's a bad question because it's so obvious you shouldn't need to ask it if you want to understand why i am the way i am in part i mean that's well, let's not go down that road but in part uh imagine years of only playing jobs no one wants right and i i, I did get that uh, the, the reason i phrased that wasn't really to get a legitimate answer out of you but for anyone listening that's something that you should think about like uh, I see a lot of people thinking they have to have content murked or they don't know that they can bring X job to content. And that's because it's very narrow. Like, like people think that, that they have to be like the top of the line to do content. And I can tell you that's definitely not true. And um, like, as, as far as, <laughs> as far as like having all of these different types of jobs, not all the jobs, but all the different types of jobs levels allows you more exposure to the game and therefore more experience with the content and how it works. This is true because uh, for the years uh, that I led on the link shell, which is how I got, you know, the things I have, because if that wasn't, if I wasn't going to lead a link shell, I wasn't going to get very far because, you know, when people make certain content shouts or whatever, they're, they're doing a specific strategy, something they've seen, and that generally doesn't involve Blue Mage. Uh, but the misconception is that you were touching on that I want to get at is, you know, people think nowadays that Monk or Ninja or anything aren't great jobs. They don't yell for them unless it's for a specific ambuscade or something like that. And they really actually are. Yeah. And uh, we, we speaking of ambuscade, we, we both play Runefencer, right? And that's usually the number one job that's requested for ambuscades. So you have to make sure that you have a solid tank. And then uh, from there, you fill it with whatever the flavor is that, you know, people want to autopilot through their ambuscade on. Um, it's not the only way to do it. Um, but we, we do both play Runefencer, so we both have a pretty good understanding of enemy mechanics. So why, why do you think it is that we bring Rune to everything? Well, I mean, in my opinion, uh, Rune is easier to gear up from scratch. Rune has a lot of prominence in the community being parroted as, you know, back before more of some of the recent content, Lionheart, Rune, when Ryzen, Jima, and Esha were like, you know, this is the big thing everyone does, we make Aeonics. You know, those were some of the best things you could bring because a Rune Fencer with Lionheart and, uh, you know, uh, Telus Runes, uh, Earth Runes, uh, resisting stun from 
absolute virtue and just dominating the parse because they didn't get stopped whenever their DD was. Or, you know, because not everyone has... You don't need to bring Bard to beat Absolute Virtue and not, not they didn't have a Bard all the time. So Rune Fencer would definitely be the best DD. And people see that or, you know, everything about it. They see Apple Tree and they look at say, and I was, oh, 75% PDT. That's the greatest thing ever. Paladin can't do that. And they don't get that Paladin's use is much more than making an Apple Tree, using foil for AoE hate, resisting some stuff and going off to the races. I mean, that, that'll work. That's why people do it, but that's not even really the best way to handle things. You know, I used to actually say um, to a lot of people and they would ask me like what tank job to level. And usually they were implying between rune and paladin uh, spoilers for later. Um, which, which one would, would, would I tell them to choose? And I would tell them exactly that, that paladin is your, is your gear intensive tank where your gear has to be on to a certain point uh, to be able to survive content and, and do what your job is intended to do, um, you know, hold the threat and everything. But uh, as far as like Rune Fencer goes, um, I always told them it was a more skill-oriented tank where you have to make sure that your abilities are, are balanced and that you're approaching it in the right sets and everything. Like Paladin can usually brick wall something um, in like a single set a lot easier then. And I'm, I'm not talking about like swaps for like job abilities and casts and stuff like that. I'm talking about like you're idling and you're getting hit in the face. And uh, Rune Fencer has like a bunch of different modes that you would want to go into uh, depending on, you know, what runes are available or what your role specifically is. Like you had mentioned, like you can DD on Rune Fencer. And, and why would you not want your tank to DD, right? Yeah, because honestly, if you end the fight faster, what does it matter? Because you're not going to, if you. You prevent yourself from dying or speed the fight up. Those are all things that people want to see done. Yeah, yeah, and everyone is in a race, and I and I do understand that the time is money. Um, so bring your rune to a fight will usually make it faster. That that is absolutely true. Um, wow, but that doesn't mean you can necessarily discredit other tanks because of that, though. People want to simplify the game down and to do this or do that in, a, in the simplest fashion. So when they say take a rune, it'll go faster. And everyone's like, yeah, okay. That's if your rune's really good. A lot of people, especially in ambuscade groups you'll join, they don't have that. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, honestly, I, I go rune to a lot of things. And it's going to sound blasphemous, but I actually don't actively DD as hard as I probably should. And that's because I, I play as though if I die, everyone else dies, right? Because that, that's probably true. And if I'm like going absolutely ham on DD, it's a lot easier to miss things. Um, it, it's a lot easier to be in the wrong set when, like, say, a move that don't want to get blasted with goes off. And that's a lot more complication. So I tend to trust my DDs to do what they're there to do. Um, and I will add DPS when it's needed, but I, I still like to play on the, the more conservative side that way where... Um, I know that if I die, everyone dies. Well, see, that's that's where we differ because I. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. I, I push the envelope. I'll, I'll do it. I'll take you all down with me. It's we're going to Pound Town here. But no, there's times. Right. Uh, there's times even on DDs where I can see I can push my DPS further, but I look at the group and I look at things happening and someone's gone down or something's happening and I I look at that happening and I know I have to. I get really conservative when I see that. Hey, it might come down to me. Let me make sure I'm not in a position where I get taken out before I might have to jump in to respond or do something. But if it's like an ambuscade run, I'll take you down. 
we're going down. If I die because I'm using last resort and, and Batata fell and I didn't change gear over or something because I still felt I could push it more, oh, we're, we're dying. Oh, yeah. And I mean, when, like, like, let's look at a situation like Wave 3, right? Like, I will be the main tank in Wave 3. Like, sometimes we'll bring two runes. It's not very common, but sometimes. And uh, I'll usually be the one to hold, like, the mobs in a fetter while uh, other mobs are pulled off, because that's just how we choose to do it. And I'll actually sit there and, and ride that AM3, and I'll solo the mobs. And that's something uh, uh, Rune Fencer can do that, like, let's say, Paladin and uh, other jobs uh, that aren't to be named yet. Um, spoilers, <laughs> Ninja. Um, th- those, those jobs don't typically do that. Um, the ninja's problem being uh, super tanking and Paladin's problem just being DPS in general. Paladin could put out DPS, but that's, you know, we're not going to get into that. Um, and, you know, you'd have to say spoiler alert, everyone knew it was Ninja. That it, it wasn't Puppet Master because Puppet Master's not a tank. Oh boy. It's not. Uh, it can right. tank, and, and so can Blue Mage. Blue Mage ain't a tank either. Yeah, and uh, Puppet Master. I, I'll go on to say that Puppet Master is a tank, but it's a tank for when you're new at stuff, uh, for when your group doesn't have the, the DDs that are absolutely just going to rip the hate off that thing. Well, <laughs> their DDs are probably wearing something that's very low grade. Well, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to, to poke fun at, uh, well, at guys, people. I, you know, every, everyone starts somewhere, right? I'm level 117 now. I think we can try an Omen run. You want to tank on Pup? Look, I help a lot of people out, and I, I don't necessarily want to make it about that. Uh, but as far as like starters go, starting out on, on uh, pup is good. Um, like if if your if your group really needs help, uh, it's a low maintenance tank, and you know healers are always at a premium, so it, you can usually work something around the the puppet master. But when you get into like real serious content, uh, pup just doesn't hold up as much as it as it used to. Um, if, if you're looking at, at that progression uh, through content. It never has because it could never ultimately hold the hate in the right way. It just decays. I don't know if there's a different rate for VE decay on puppets or something, but there is definitely, whether it's a failure to gain as much CE and V, there's definitely a difference in how a pup will lose hate so much easier. And I don't play with pup much. I've ha- tried to have Lom Lom tank Corey in the past. That was a one and done. Never Never again. <laughs> you know, we try these things like, okay, you build up all the hate, then you'll just do, uh, you know, uh, uh, tactical uh, swap. Not tactical, that's for TP. Whatever the one is for swapping enmity. Is that Beastmaster only? I haven't played Pop in a long time. I know Volver versus HP, tactical swap is TP. Uh, tactical's TP. Um, Ventriloquy is yes, the... Uh... Vent. That's the one. Then you use Vent, and then you can then build up enough of a base hate to do it, and then, you know, so you have Lomom build up the hate on Corio. Okay. Da, 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 da. swap it over, okay, Pup is going to one hour, we're going to go in, and then boom, rip it right off. It's like, oh, come on, we just started. Right. That's like, you know, that's never happened to me before, and I'm like, oh, I can trace it all the time. It happens to lots of guys, man. You know, there's always a time and place. But, um, so, I think the thing that rounds Rune Fencer out besides the Apple Tree and all that is the AoE hate. No one gets AoE hate because Foil is awesome. I mean, everyone subs Blue, yeah. and that's AoE hate, but you're going to get eight yams on the target you're targeting with an AoE and five yams around you from everything. Do you think you're really going to touch everything in Dynamis or Omen or anything in Ambuscade within five yams of you? I mean, that's that's ridiculous. So Rune can get, especially in Ambuscade where you have zone hate, using foil right off the bat, as soon as it spawns, like this month, the uh, Quad Ops, as soon as they spawn, you use foil, they're running over to you where they were originally actually after your backline or whatever, and 
a paladin might not have flash up, you know, or might not have something and have to run around. And that's a huge disadvantage that I think people write paladin off and automatically for is not having basically foil. Well, so that, that's, that's actually a good segue into paladin, right? Because, uh, this month I've actually only taken paladin to ambuscade and, uh, to date what's going on right now, this is the quad of Ambuscade where that quad of when its shield is down, it takes cap damage. Like your, your DDs get to pretend like they're the best DDs in the world and they, everyone gets to feel great, right? But the tank usually has the biggest problem in that situation because the tank is dealing with um, the, the enmity generated by cap damage. And um, uh, one of the common misconceptions is that if you just deal cap damage, like, oh, man, I'm at hate cap now. And that's actually not true. There's a whole formula that goes with like standard damage and everything um, that determines how much enmity a, a melee has. Uh, now, for for holding hate, though, um, especially like zone hate, that sort of thing, um, that's where I'm actually going to go back on what I said before about uh, the, the rune fencer being the skill intensive job and the paladin uh, being the gear intensive job, uh, because I've actually found some revelations recently um, regarding paladin um, that I've actually put into practice in this month's ambuscade. And uh, one of the big things is you know, when are you going to tag like new mobs that spawn and how are you going to do it? And that's where the knowledge of the, uh, the zone mechanics come in and that you're talking about. And for those who don't know, uh, in Ambuscade, when you zone in, enmity is zone wide. So if you use Sentinel and you haven't claimed the stuff, everything is coming to you because you've used Sentinel. They already had hate on you. So they're coming to you because you didn't have to tag them. Whereas in general, if you run up into a group of things and, and a bunch of rabbits and omen and you Sentinel, and then someone does something, they don't care. You didn't exist. Right. Uh, so when it comes to tanking, uh, obviously you want to make sure you have hate on everything. And then uh, after that, you have to somehow manage to hold hate off of these DDs that are sometimes just doing ridiculous things. And one of the main ways that you can do that is not just by effectively using your enmity tools, but you have to make sure that you're limiting your enmity decay. And that's one of the benefits a rune fencer has, like you're saying, with 75% uh, PDT, uh, where a lot of that incoming damage isn't actually causing much on the decay end. Yes. And that's, you know, in terms of uh, holding hate, uh, I find Paladin is a much better single target hate holder, even though it doesn't have foil and gambit. And sure, you can throw those things out, but those are also very limited timers. So if you're doing a, a summoner burn, which is you also would want Gambit for. I mean, yeah, you're going to be able to hold hate off the avatars. And if you're not a good rune fencer, you're not going to. Because uh, right. you see it all the time. They just they lose it to the avatars. But you still have to try even if you are. If you're using your one hour with enmity gear or an emboldened crusade, you know, stuff like that, uh, you'll be able to hold it off them. But a paladin emboldened in general, crusade. if it's a real fight, well, yeah. I mean, what else? If you're yeah. fighting something that's a 45 one minute fight, what else are you going to use? I, mean, I thought I was the only one who did that. I mean, it's not really a big boost. I don't recommend doing it for the, the length of Embolden. It's better used on Protect or Temper if you're DDing and stuff like that. Or I've even used it on Phalanx instead because the Enmity gain was like, what is it? I'm, I'm not going to look it up and do the math off the top of my head. It's maybe like 30 or something. That's not a big gain. Yeah. Uh, and Paladin gets better Enmity gear overall versus Rune Fencer. Paladin really has a better Enmity game on lock. Rune can use Embolden Crusade to get more. I, I think, honestly, without I don't play Paladin. So I can't say affirmatively, maybe you can, but without even checking, I know Paladin gets more, but I think they can probably honestly get closer to Cap than Rune Cap. Oh, absolutely. Maybe even um, Cap is what I was getting at. 
Uh, you definitely, you definitely cap it with the enemy mechanics behind, like say Sentinel. Um, I, what I found is, is on average, um, you'll have about 30 more enmity in your sets, maybe 20, uh, than a rune fencer would. So if, if you look at it that way, it's, it's, it's parts out of the 200 cap and it ends up being like a percentage multiplier. So you're, you're still getting like a fairly large boost out of the plus 20, but it's, it's not, it's not strictly like the most significant thing, but that's where, you know, the skill comes in. So you want to make sure that, uh, on, on Paladin, you spike your hate as hard as you can at the start of a fight, um, because you are going to build it a bit more slowly, depending on how many targets are in front of you. And I'll talk about those mechanics here in a second. Um, but you're, you'll build it a bit more slowly than a room fencer can, because they can use their DPS on top of um, the, you know, the godlike foil. Um, and, you know, you guys both have access to flash, but um, you'll, you'll, you'll still build it a bit more slowly over time. Um, on a on an ability to ability breakdown. Yeah, I mean, rune can spike it higher faster because you're going to throw out, uh, you know, valiance, fluke. You could even if you have, especially if you have apple tree using um, uh, lament is going to uh, definitely spike. Yeah, it. but paladin overall is more sturdy and holding hate because you you said you're going to get into a second. I imagine you're about shield block. Uh, yeah, shield block, and and I wanted to touch on the uh, enemy mechanics behind cure four. Um, especially with Majesty, because not a lot of people, um, not a lot of people know what that really does for you in your group. Yeah. Um, so but Cure Four before was we get into that. SE's. Oh yeah. Do we mean before we get into all that? Do you want to really touch on? Uh, you know, we keep saying CEVE and stuff like that, but do you really want to get into uh, the advantage Paladin has in terms of uh, wearing enmity gear in its tank set, which Rune doesn't get the same treatment, not even close to which will decrease your enmity loss. Uh, having more HP, yep. which Paladin gets, uh, will decrease your uh, CE decay. So if no one knows what CE and VE are, they're obviously abbreviated. I mean, go to the enmity page on BG. It's cumulative enmity and volatile enmity. And volatile decays at a set rate. So when you use provoke, that's volatile enmity and, and basically no CE. And that decays. Uh, if you have no enmity gear on, provoke's enmity will decay by the time Provoke is ready. So you constantly have that decaying, and cumulative on top of that is uh, decayed by taking hits, which is the amount you lose is based off of your max HP versus the damage you take. So Paladin takes less of a beating yep. unless it's magical overall. So Paladin will lose hate slower. On top of losing less uh, hate if you're wearing Emity gear, um, you lose it based on, you know, if you have Ninjutsu uh, Shadow taken, uh, unless you're a ninja, which we'll get into later, uh, yeah. being enfeebled. I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, the the big one is uh, the decay based on your, your enemy set and how much damage you take. Um, you do want up to 100 enmity in your uh, in your idle sets, or or basically whenever you take damage. And it generally, I shoot for around 3600 HP, but you want to be over 3k. Um, that That's usually the sweet spot. Rune is getting neither of those, neither the 100 enmity in its set, nor the 3600 HP. Yeah, it, it, it gets pretty close. It definitely doesn't get 3600 HP, uh, you know, outside of Esha. Um, but you can still get around 3k, and 3k, uh, you, there, there's a chart on, uh, the Paladin guides. I believe, I think Martel made it. Um, but I, don't quote me on that, but it probably actually Martel. shows you a breakdown. Yeah, probably. Um, he's, uh, awesome when it comes to enmity and stuff. I'm a lurker on those forums. I never actually post. 
but uh, it actually breaks down like the different HP thresholds and like how much enemy you'll lose per 100 damage on a hit, and everything. And it's it's actually uh, it's actually pretty eye opening for a lot of tanks who've never actually looked at it before. Um, so uh, your your CE is huge, and if your tank is bleeding a ton of CE and everyone is spiking volatile enemies, so your VE, uh, you're gonna have an absolutely miserable time holding a. And I think that's another thing that has put a nail in Paladin's public uh, PR perception campaign here is that if you're gearing Paladin incorrectly because you're not prioritizing enmity gear in your tanking sets and you're just going for full, I'm going to take as, you know the least amount of damage I can, then yeah, if you're not tanking and, and people are dying because all oh, of the rune holds hate better, uh, you were playing Paladin incorrectly and you didn't even know it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's funny you mention that, though, uh, because one of the main things that, that people have been looking at lately, and this kind of moves into my next topic here about shield block itself um, and uh, what, what it actually does for you, uh, is that uh, people have been comparing just the defensive abilities of Rune and Paladin for, for quite a while, and uh, some people are off-put by the fact that you get around 40% natural parry rate on, Pal- on uh, not Paladin, but uh, Rune Fencer, and then Paladin has issues blocking with a shield. And uh, at the end of the day, like people still say that, hey, I'm going to block with the shield and I'm still going to take damage. So how is this fair? Well, I mean, it's not 40 percent. It's it's in the 30s without checking. Right. It might be 37 or six at the highest with the right gear and everything. But I don't tank in the parry cape most of the time because, I mean, I have sets in uh, the rune guide on BG that I've made that actually emphasize on wearing the PDT cape, wearing the parry cape. You know, there's different... Rune Fencer is a lot... I mean, you can just gear it and send it anything, but if you're trying to actually excel at the job, there's a lot more finesse you need to put into those gear sets and the power even has to worry about. You say that, and um, one of the things that I, I really wanted to bring up is how broken shield blocking can be and how broken the sets on Paladin can actually be now that uh, a lot more awareness has come to the Bolti set and uh, the overhauls that have been done to the uh, actual shield skill and shield block rate and how all that works. So uh, right now, um, I'm actually just going to jump right... I'm just going to jump the gun completely and I'm going to say pre-win is the most broken shield in the game. And everyone, if they don't know, pre-win is the JSE shield from overrow and uh you know that increases your block rate when um fill in the thing for me i don't play paladin i forget the move uh reprisal? yeah reprisal that's the word when is you that's yeah, used and uh, yeah so reprisal um adds a 1.5 times shield block rate after the shield correction uh takes place the, the block correction um which is your com or your shield skill versus the opponent's combat skill um, and then that's multiplied by a number. It's uh, 0.2325 um, to get your adjusted actual block rate that is subtracted from the uh, base block rate of the shield. So that was a bunch of math. So what I'm going to explain to you is that the <laughs> higher level the content, the harder it is to block with the shield. Um, but the reprisal uh, bonus on that is applied to that block rate directly. So in tripling that, you get a lot closer to the uh, the cap than a lot of other shields would. Um, uh, O-Chain is, uh, or O-Cain, or however you pronounce it, um, is famous for its high block rates. Um, Pre-win actually blocks not only more damage, but it has has more going for it with the exact same block rate as an O-Chain. 
And that's, of course, still situational. If you can't keep a prize up, that changes everything. But in most situations, you should be able to. Right. And the, the bane of any tank, um, whether it be uh, Runefencer or, uh, or Paladin or Ninja, um, you, you do not want to be dispelled. And getting reprisal dispelled absolutely sucks. But if your reprisal set is correct, you can very easily full time it. Like mine has a 23 second overlap. So I have like 23 seconds of I can do whatever I want up until I absolutely have to recast it. Uh, so you can actually pretty comfortably keep reprisal up full time and uh, not have to worry about it. Um, if you have cap taste. If you have capped haste, and, and if you don't have capped haste, well, then that's a whole different topic that we need to revisit about tackle. Why content. are you on Paladin? Why is this group assembled? Why are they all in Sparks gear? Right, exactly. These are the, these are the powerful questions that people need to ask. <laughs> but, uh, so, so Paladin, and then, uh, what I also wanted to spell is one of the, the main myths about it, where you bring a rune fencer to, uh, to shrug off like enfeebles and magic, and uh, you bring a paladin uh, to things where you can like brick wall the physical, and you're expecting to get enfeebled, and that actually isn't true. Um, I built sets now um, that are a lot like the ones in the uh, in the first line of defense guide, uh, but they have like tweaks on them. Um, I have a set that I have built that I actually couldn't gear myself because I'm not as good of a paladin as I would like to be, but I have had someone else build. Oh, are you uh, talking I, about uh, the R15? Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you sure um, you figured... want to tell people? Because that's going to be a whole can of worms, because you know how people run with things. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, actually, I want to run with things, because there's there's a lot of things that the game would actually benefit from running with. Uh, it gives you more variety. It lets people into groups, and the, the gear I'm mentioning, some of it sucks to get, but the the basic gear that that everyone is looking at, uh, which is your your Rima's, and I'm going to call Rima's basic gear because that's what everyone shouts for. It's not actually basic, and Paladin does not actually require any Rima's anymore. Well, that's also true. Paladin doesn't, but I mean, I, before we get away from what you said, they want them to run with it. I don't know. There's a fine line in my mind between. If we talk about how great Paladin really is and people kind of write it off that it's they don't understand how better applied it can be if it's actually better understood because it's not as straightforward built out of the box like a rune is. There's a difference between everyone running now with that, which I'm not saying they would, but you see how, you know, Summoner Burning became a thing uh, with, uh, you know, Fraud and Perg and, um, yeah. you know, and how that, that took off and now it's everything for that or, you know, how... Um, one day, uh, Zano-san's yelling to sell job points with all his, uh, dual boxes or whatever. And then the next thing you know, uh, he's murking job points. Now everyone is yelling every day for job points. So there's a fine line, I think. But go ahead. You, it's you, true. It's true. <laughs> I think it's good to put out there because it's cool. But I, mean, I, I agree. And I mean, honestly, if you aren't experimenting in this game, you probably really aren't having as much fun as you probably could. Um, but uh, this kind of boils down to the enemy mechanics, right? Uh, so you, you touched on the fact that if you get enfeebled, you lose enemy for that. And uh, if you take damage, you're losing enemy for that. And this is all coming out of your cumulative enemy, your CE. Uh, in this set, the idea is to make sure that you do block with the shield. Um, people think that paladins have some sort of like gimp block rate with the shield, and SE actually fixed it. 
If you have a, a certain quantity of shield skill plus, and there's a hefty amount that comes on pre-win, um, that combined with reprisal gives you a 100% block rate. And, and to understand how important this is, um, you kind of need to understand like what shield blocking really does for you. Uh, the 100% the block rate, if you can obtain that, means that every single incoming hit, including TP attacks that aren't ranged attacks, has to bypass your shield damage reduction in order to hit you. Now, what shield will do in this case is you will block, it will it will check your damage reduction, it will reduce the damage, then it will reduce the damage by your shield's damage reduction, and then because of shield defense bonus, it will it will apply an additional effect that stacks on top of phalanx where it absorbs, I believe the number's eight. It's eight extra damage. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but it will in a minute. It's eight extra damage on top of what they just hit you with. So you are effectively 50%ing your damage twice, and then applying almost 70 damage reduction in phalanx, if you have the proper sets, to an incoming attack. And it may not and, sound like a lot too, but when you're on rune with Apple Tree and everything, having the right gear and phalanx plus an omen in casting phalanx, the difference between getting hit for zero and getting, you know, 20 mobs hitting you for four, five, six, seven, and unable to cast anything. Oh, yeah. I've seen people who have who have just bought their rune fencers. You know, the I, I'm not keen on the, the whole guild buyers. So I'm not going to go down that road right now. But I've seen people who have bought their rune fencers and didn't buy all the gear they need. And I've seen them actually try to hold, like, fetters in wave three, and they just explode. Because even if you have 75% PDT, you still need extra damage reduction effects to make the make them pour you that bowl of Cheerios. Like, you want the enemy to hit you for zero. And yes, uh, when I say getting erupted by fodder, I know spell eruption sets are a thing. But, you know, anyway, back to what you were saying about eight damage uh, shield defense bonus. Yes. So, uh, one of the big things um, with that kind of damage reduction is that in content like Wave 3, um, which is considered the hardest content in the game, um, your opponent has um, what's assumed to be A-plus skill in their jobs because they're level 150, and they're assumed at, at, at uh, 150 um, uh, with the A-plus to have around 774 skill. So this is why your like, warriors out there actually have the negative block rate that's, that's floored to 5% as opposed to someone who can actually bolster your shield skill, which is exactly what this update did, to allow Paladins to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with those kind of incoming attacks. Now, when you have 100% block rate, and you have this much damage reduction, you aren't actually taking damage. I take damage on Runefencer. Uh, I, I take damage when, when I don't parry things, and like when I receive... like. Um, any of the, the stringing pummel, like any of those really awful, um, awful TP moves in wave three, you can still explode, even with an Epio. Uh, people will say you can't, but sometimes you get mid cast. Oh, you, do. you do. Oh, yeah. Um, but with Paladin, you don't. And that's because you have 100% block rate versus that content. Even with Batuta, you cannot hit 100% uh, damage avoidance rate. Um, but with the the amount of damage that you reduce with the, with that block and that shield in particular, because it has a fifty percent rate, uh, you actually take zero. It's nothing touches you. And on top of that, that shield also has plus fifty magic evasion and an extra, I believe, it's plus eighty HP. So your paladin in that set is generally going to sit around thirty two hundred HP, which doesn't hit the thirty six hundred mark that I like. 
But what it does do is it has as much magic evasion as a rune fencer when you couple it with the Volti set. Mm, maybe in general in gear, but I mean, rune can also specialize right. in, you know, the runes, of course. The specific runes, and and you're you're absolutely correct. Like I'm not gonna say that that one tank is gonna be better at it than another because if you go you know all in versus one element, yes, the rune is actually gonna edge out the paladin. Um, and in this set in particular, you have to sacrifice some Volti pieces uh, for shield block pieces, which are gonna be like your reverence feet plus three, and your uh, uh, the really awful set uh, the sovereign uh, hand shoes uh, plus one. Um, those are those are compromises that you need to make, and you lose about. Uh, do it some math real quick. Why you lose that? around, uh, yeah, you lose around 120 uh, magic evasion wearing those pieces. I know you're using push to talk, but something keeps shaking on your desk too when you talk. Oh, that's weird. Um, I'm definitely not having an earthquake. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can fix that. Sorry about that. Guys. Uh, no, it's fine. It's it's not. It's just a. a slight thing but i keep hearing it so i wanted to i didn't know if there was something you actually saw and could fix it immediately or not but uh sorry to interrupt you for that i'm clearly just vibrating <laughs> yeah he's, so he's talking about, about mechanics so hard he's vibrating into oh, the next man. dimension oh yeah like anyone who knows me knows that i will never shut up about this stuff uh <laughs> that's why i'm letting you take the wheel jesus Oh yeah. Uh, so, so the important thing that that uh, about all this though that, that comes back to um, the the mechanics we were talking about is that if an enemy is hitting you for zero, and you are rocking like plus six hundred and fifty three, I think is my number uh, magic evasion in this set, you're probably not getting enfeebled that often. Like you still will, um, but you're also not bleeding any hate. Like at all, like you're you're losing volatile enmity. What's that? That's a big difference too, because rune is bleeding that hate. Yes, a rune has more effective tools, like we said, but it 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 bleeds it more consistently than a paladin will under the same situation. So, if we had to sum this all up, what every link shell should be doing? Because honestly, I've seen some that just skip everything and go to wave three. I don't know why. I'm not. We're not going to get into that. But um, <laughs> they should be able to kill things, especially in wave one, well enough that you don't really need. It's going to be a little more stressful on your healers, and, and maybe maybe your DTs can actually wear like a hybrid DT set and make it you know a little, little okay. You can still kill things really quickly with that. Um, you know, you can roll through wave one effectively as much as you want. Wave oh, yeah. two might be a little hard without a rune to collect all the mobs, but if as long as the statues are taken care of and things are being crowd-controlled slept, you don't need... It's very convenient. If you're a newer group, or a pickup group especially, doing a divergence run, I would say you're going to want a rune fencer. But at the same time, you really want a paladin for wave 3. And I see a lot of groups that I've gone to don't bring paladin to wave 3. And if you obviously, based on everything you've said, that's... Why would you not bring a paladin? It really... It, it, it's I agree. Day. And my, my group's, uh, my group's, uh, guilty of it as well. Like, we will usually bring two rune fencers. And, like, this is something that I've recently started, you know, well, passionate about. One of them is the leader. Right. Um, but anyway. <laughs> right. Uh, inside joke, guys. Okay? Uh, shockwave. So, <laughs> shockwave. Uh, so one, one of the, the, the big things, though, um, 
with a with a paladin is that you're making that DD trade off, right? Uh, but at the same time, you're actually making the uh, the burden on your white mages easier. Um, I know that your your white mages should be on point. They should be giving people the appropriate tier skin. Uh, they should be getting the debuffs off. And it's a very stressful job to play, especially in content where everything is absolutely wailing on you. And you can't trust your DDs to be in DT sets. You mentioned that. I yell at people when they don't have them, but they should absolutely have them and don't. Um, and as a white mage, I do get frustrated by that as well. Oh, but, they, uh, they just don't use them. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But what a paladin can do with Majesty now is they have AOE Cure 4 that cures for around 1300 HP on average to entire parties. Like, white mages wish that they could just cast Cure Raga on other parties without a session. Paladin just can. And while you're doing that, you are generating an, an absolute metric ton of hate. Uh, like, I, I think my Cure 4 is like complete in around plus 130 entity with almost capped cure potency, uh, and that includes cure potency too because of majesty. And like it, it just skyrockets your hate. Like I don't remember the formula offhand, but it only takes a handful of those kind of cure fours to to actually cap CE. Uh, the downside though, and this is a problem that shows up in Omen and like your divergence runs, is that if you have hate on a lot of targets, that enmity generated by cure four is actually split amongst all those targets. So while it seems like a whole lot, and if you're fighting a mega boss, like it's not going to know anything exists but you. Uh, but if you're fighting a lot of targets, that's where you have to. Uh, that's where that skill comes in. Uh, the, the, the the new skill tiers of of Paladin that I've been talking about, where you have to budget your job abilities, and, and you're not going to be quite as effective at AOE hate as a rune fencer. That foil is too strong, man. Oh man, it's it's. Really not. If you look at the numbers on it, it's just very, uh, you know, it's convenient. It's quick. Uh, you know, what it's intended for is pretty garbage, but it's great, right. great hate tool and great for AOE. I mean, it's really, yeah. it, it makes it, and crowd controlling super important when you have stuff everywhere because there's always a problem. Either someone's not very good at their job sleeping, someone's not very good at their job doing anything else, but, but the crowd control, if you have a rune fencer and it's not getting killed really quickly, the crowd controlling really makes managing a whole run easier, which is why I see the appeal. And it's, I mean, I yeah. did that too when I did Divergence. I stopped running Divergence a year and a half ago. Oh, but the content's so fun. Uh, people aren't fun. You're right, man. But yeah, that, that's the thing about Foil, though. And, and that's why I want to compare Foil directly to Cure 4, um, especially before I start talking about anything like regarding Ninja, which is even more exciting. Um, but uh, Foil has the benefit of providing the same amount of hate on all targets that you have hate on, whereas Cure 4 gets split. And I think if uh, SE were to tweak Paladin anymore, they would adjust Majesty so that uh, it affects the cure, uh, the, the enmity portion of, of, of cures to act more like Foil, and I think it would have more of a fighting chance. We've been going for about an hour. Do you want to do a different episode with Ninja, or do you want to keep going and get into Ninja? I think we could do a whole episode on... Uh player misconceptions and talk about oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. We could do. We could make a list uh, between now and I think we're doing this, like, if I can, I'll definitely do every Saturday with you. And then yeah, I think we can make a list between now and then. And uh, now that we have now two episodes in the bank, um, you know, now I'm not afraid of, okay, if we don't record this week, we've got nothing. Not that there has to. Uh, we don't have to uphold to a schedule. I mean, we're our own people. Right. We don't need to do whatever. But uh, now that we have that, I can put everything out there, and we could do a whole episode of misconceptions, or we could probably take twenty minutes and bang the ninja thing out. But I think we can get an episode out of it. That's true. 
Well, let's let's look at it this way. Um, I'm going to drop some spoilers for Ninja, regardless, uh, oh, like wow. a teaser, a teaser. Uh, in that, that uh, this, is, this, is, this isn't about how cool I am or look at what I can do, right? Like when I, when I point things out about, about a job, and I would love to talk about Beastmaster eventually, but oh, it, when will. I like, oh yeah, when, when I want to point, yeah, when when I want to point <laughs> something out about a job, uh, it's because of the job, not how cool I am. I want that to be straight. Um, when I go ninja to things, it's because what we're trying to do requires a specialist, uh, and ninja more so than any other job in the game, absolutely breaks the mechanics of fights. It just breaks it in half. And it's very misunderstood when it comes to how the job can retain entity. And it works kind of like what I was talking about with Paladin, where you just avoid losing it. Uh, and uh, I definitely am looking forward to being able to share some of the uh, pretty ridiculous things you can do with Ninja um, regarding some of the highest end content in the game. Wait, wait. Rua says Ninja needs a buff, and it's not that good. No, he didn't say that. I, he didn't say that. I like you, Rua, if you ever hear that. I like you. You're absolutely, you know, great RSN. I agree. Uh, he actually has a pretty level approach to a lot of things. I just don't always agree with the experts that come on to said videos. Sorry, the but, uh, so I, I stopped there. It was ASRM. But... <laughs> is that the acronym? I don't even think. SMR? I guess, yes. Yes, that is the word that I did not have in my head. You got this, man. But yeah, uh, looking forward to it, though. Um, there's a lot of uh, broken things that uh, Ninja can do that I have personally done. Uh, and uh, it's it's quite a bit better at most things than people will give it credit for. Um, and I'm not going to get, when I do talk about it, I'm not going to get super deep into parses, you know, when it comes to damage dealing. Um, I actually want to bring up uh, a very enlightening uh, YouTube channel. Uh, that actually uh, that I shared with you earlier. Oh, um, yes. I'll mention them uh, when we talk about that too. Oh, absolutely. And do you uh, they now? definitely anything they do cover over. anything they do cover what we just talked about that they should get credit for or anything. No, no, no. Um, it's mostly damage mechanics. Um, spoilers for Ninja <laughs> and uh, uh, damage mechanics, and also a very unique thing that you can do with Monk. Uh, and I think I'll leave that open ended as well. I don't know them. If you want to talk to them, maybe they want to come on and mention it or not. But not that anyone wants to come on here. I don't know. We're just, you know. Oh, I avoid people like the plague. Like you're, you're lucky you even got me to do this. Like I normally don't share with anybody. You mean when you first meet a guy you've never met and you've never played with and didn't even know you're in someone's link show that you're not in, and you walk up to them in someone's driveway halfway across, well, all the way across the country, and you go, "What is that? Is that from a jaguar in your hands or something?" And you just start insulting them <laughs> off the bat. You know, what would that not work out? Yeah, I mean, that, that's not me. <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah, that that goes back to uh, when me and Spicy met at uh, at our friend's wedding, and uh, and uh, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of grab bag there. Like, this is why you don't invite internet people to to come and conglomerate because we're all a bunch of weirdos. I won't share the picture, but if they saw the picture, they'd understand. Right? Man, that guy's casual. I mean, <laughs> not to get off too much into RL here, but uh, the greatest line from you is not anything I've heard so far talking to you before the podcast and on the podcast. It was when you showed up and you were wearing what you could describe as something you'd see as a tourist in Hawaii. And and you go, wow, I totally misread the room. Oh, man, I'm rolling. Uh, that, yeah, he's not wrong. Everyone's dressed up, and you're in, like, shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. 
and sandals. <laughs> and everyone's looking at you. It's, it's the actual best, yeah. Like, I, I have no idea what formal attire is, apparently. Uh, it was supposed to be, like, uh, business casual or something like that. Is that and, business? Uh, that's what I was told. Is that what and people then here are I am showing up. Everyone's got ties. I've got a beanie. Uh, I wasn't even appropriate. I'm uh, intentionally wasn't appropriate because I'm never. I and mean, I wore entirely head to toe black black tie everything to a wedding. But I mean, you, you, you taught me. I mean, I, I was I was happy you gave the me the entire freedom. time. The entire time I was there, I was legitimately afraid they were going to throw me out because I thought I was a homeless guy. <laughs> Why is this homeless guy Legit- signing the, the guest book? Don't worry, there was a specific Final Fantasy XI guest book, which all of the, you know, grandparents there and people that are still living uh, had to be, oh, well, this is a game, and it's online, and they met there. Right. And imagine how awkward that conversation can be sometimes. Uh, well, it gave them something to talk about. Don't worry, Wom Wom was on the dance floor, and he took all the attention off everyone. Dude, that guy can move. That's absolutely correct. And he lives like 40 minutes from me, and I've never, ever met him outside of there. Uh, you know, I, I would say I'm surprised, but uh, I actually live about two hours away from uh, a guy called Cavendish. He's he's the puppet master I was talking about before. I don't know if he wants me to shout him out like in, in public or anything, so I'm not going to say too much about him. Uh, but he's probably like one of the nicest guys ever. Um, he's, he's done a bunch of solids for me, and he's probably one of the best puppet masters I've ever seen. And, uh, yeah, I, I live about two hours from him, and I actually never go see him or anything. Um, it just never comes up, man. I probably was rude to him when I first stepped out of the car when I pulled up, too, on top of being rude to you. But, and he didn't jump on me, and we actually got along well. And he got coffee as well, so he's fine in my book. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this one up then. Uh, anything else? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did we talk about Excalibur? <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, just real quick, uh, part of that build, um, it does require a Rima if you want the, the highest end version. Um, if you want the one that actually is a 100% block rate, um, that's where I'll retract my Rima statement in that you actually need an R15 Excalibur um, in that set and you can hit the 100% block rate. And now and everyone wants R15 Excalibur. But what I will say is that set is completely wasted on content where you're not fighting level 150. So if you are outside of Dyna D, um, there's actually a set that you can make that's just all hybrid magic evasion. That's absolutely crazy. I believe you have like over plus 700 in that set. It's like 740 or something. Um, and that set is actually the best because you'll still cap block rates. Yeah, SE's too busy trying to ban all the bots very slowly. They uh, can't balance the gear properly and gave Paladin all of Rune's pizzazz with light armor. Yeah, basically. Um, it's basically, uh, instead of a, a, a Dark Knight that can tank, uh, you're getting a White Mage that can tank. And I, I think that's the dynamic that they wanted to make between the two uh, the two mainstay jobs. It's taken them a while. Yeah. So, I mean, outside of also, how high is VD, uh, let's say... Let's say you're a paladin doing VD Lilith and you're actually fighting the Spite Wardens for extra drops because that would be the good thing to do if you had the actual gear that everyone buys and they have the gear to do it. You know, say you're doing that. How high? I don't remember off the top of my head. It's question mark content, but I know it's known. It's like 140 or something, right? Uh, it, I think it's 145. Yeah, I was thinking 140, 145. Um, 
but the the issue with with something like Lilith is that uh, it, it's not really the the damage mechanics that can throw you off. It's being able to balance your knockback set, um, which uh, you yeah. don't need anchor for, by the way. <laughs> it's balancing your knockback set and uh, and having still enough magic evasion and magic damage taken uh, to uh, to survive her attacks. Um, this is it, it's good that you brought that up because I actually wasn't going to talk about that, and I, I want to talk about it real quick. Um, the pre-win will outperform there because a lot of the spite wards attacks are actually going to be uh, physical in nature. CDC. And and if you try, if, if anyone has ever tried to block with an Aegis, uh, <laughs> which is usually the shield people go to for that fight, if anyone's ever tried to block with that shield, they'll find out that they're about as bad as a warrior with the shield blocking. Or Beastmaster. Or Beastmaster, or anyone who commonly uses a shield, right? Um, but the pre-win uh, in your magic evasion set, uh, you can actually still shrug off a lot of her attacks and uh, not take copious amounts of damage and still block with your shield. So it's uh, definitely worth exploring if anyone has the means to make a problem that way. I just wanted to insult Beastmaster. But uh, if that's it, <laughs> and we don't have any more details we probably should have said before we started talking about Hawaiian shirts, then uh, I guess we can put the nail in this coffin. Yeah, man. Uh, glad we got our Priorities in line this time. Well, you know, I did sign the guest book and I wrote something, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, me neither, dude. I think I wrote. Um... Oh, I remember what I wrote. I wrote. I think I hold my. I think you held your own. Oh, that's so good. Which, if you type it into BG, there's a meme I made because why not ship post on BG? That's all I'm good for, right? Um, about that. So if you pull up. I think I held my own, or just type meme into BG. You'll, you'll you'll find that one. You'll find that. It's classy. Yes. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, guys. It was it was fun as always, Fox. I I can't wait to do it again. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks everybody, and uh, yeah, uh, definitely take care of yourselves. Oh, what? Stay healthy. Oh, oh wholesome messages. Ah, platitudes and barren words. Hey, I'm trying to be nice to complete strangers who care about my opinions. Ah. Uh, well, we're very, we're very popular. Anyway, have a good one, guys.